reading from the second book of Samuel. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I've been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them, so that they may live in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies.
virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The gospel of the Lord.
about the state of affairs. He wonders if he ought to build a house for God so they can be proper neighbors. Now, it is important to note that our translation uses the word house for the Hebrew words that mean palace house, temple house, and dynasty house. When the prophet Nathan heard David's plan about building a temple house for God, he thought it was a good idea. But later that night, God gave Nathan a message for David. And that message went something like this. What? David wants to build me a house? What's that all about? I am perfectly fine where I am, but I have a plan for David. So here's what you can tell him. You, David, were once a shepherd, but I took you from the field and made you a king. And from you will come a descendant who will be a son to me. And so, I will protect you and your descendants. You, David, in your palace house, you will not build me a temple house, but brace yourself, because I am about to build you a dynasty house. God's big plans trumped David's big plans. Over the next few hundred years, David's descendants remained on the throne. David's son, Solomon, did go ahead and build that temple house for God. But then in 587 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple, dethroned the Davidsons, and moved them to Babylonia. It seemed as if God's covenant with David was dead. In human terms, it was. The next 14 or so generations of David's offspring were essentially nobodies. And then, in the line of David, a baby boy was born, whose name was Joseph. Joseph grew up and became a carpenter. He lived in Nazareth and was engaged to marry a girl named Mary. This Mary was instrumental in waking up God's dormant promise. As I think about the magnificent role that Mary played in God's story when she was about 15, I think back to what I was up to as a 15-year-old girl. When I was 15, I was painfully shy and cautious. The greatest thing I think I did at that age was to say yes when a leader of the youth retreat asked me to give a talk to a group of peers. I nearly gave myself an ulcer preparing to follow through on that yes. I gave the talk, though, knees shaking and face flushing the whole way through. Friends and family joked that that was about the time in my life when I started talking in general to more than one person at a time. For me, just speaking took a huge amount of courage. So when I think of Mary and I compare being asked to give a 10-minute talk to being asked to sacrifice reputation body, soul, and life to the task of carrying God, giving birth to God, and raising God to adulthood. And I tried to multiply the pressure of that request exponentially with my own teenage angst. My imagination fails. When teenage David offered to fight Goliath, a standard for courage was set. And in my mind, Mary surpassed even that standard 
And we see shepherds, distant cousins of David's, with their fluffy toddler sheep roaming about between these pews. May we see how God's promise moved through the generations. And may we spiritually step into genealogical lines with Abraham, David, Joseph and Mary, Jesus, us, and those who came before us, all parts of the dynasty house that God has chosen to inhabit.
program after school. And those kids take music lessons and yoga and cooking lessons. So for $10, you can pay for a kid to have computer lessons all year, 15 art classes, 25 uh, cooking classes, swim lessons, and for $50, they will be able to have a whole week of be ready in a safe place after school. So think about it. Those people you haven't bought something for, or that person you want to give something extra to, come see me after church. Thanks. Thank you, Carol. Hear ye, hear ye. Come and witness the story of our Savior's birth, told in story and song. The Christmas pageant will be performed here in the sanctuary at 3.30 on Christmas Eve. Experience the mystery, mayhem, magi, and miracles. All are invited. Come and see for yourselves. Good morning, Jay Ruby. That's a very tough act to follow. <laughs> I'm speaking to you this morning in my role as a board member of Concord Prison College. Congress Prison Outreach would really like to thank all parishioners at Trinity, uh, members of the outreach ministry, and all those who took such an active role in preparing the holiday gift bags. Turns out that I teach a weekly class at uh, MCI Concord, and I was really amazed that on an unprompted basis, the, our students, the inmates, were speaking to each other about how nice it was to receive these gift bags. Every inmate at MCI receives a gift bag, which is lovingly uh, prepared by many members of Trinity and other uh, churches. And uh, there's a lot of things I can say. I'll just say two things. One, they said that uh, they received items that they never received during the rest of the year in terms of quality, quality toothpaste, quality shaving gear, etc. Secondly, a number of them said it's the only gift they received the entire year. So we are very appreciative of Trinity's role in supporting us. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. We want to welcome our good deacon.
So if you know of somebody with some childcare experience looking for some work on Sunday mornings, please send them to me. Um, and also, just as a tagline on Jordan's pageant um, announcement, he's the MC, so that really was a foretaste of
Son of Righteousness.